When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. Scott Benjamin, pleasure to meet you. Ben, 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 yeah. <laughs> ben, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Now, I couldn't help but notice that you have your eye on a couple of uh, couple of sweet rides here at the office. And uh, I'll let you in on a little secret here, Scott. Not all of the salesmen here are honest. Oh, really? But you are? And that is our intro. <laughs> oh, come on. No more than that? We get we got a lot more material than that, I think. Right. We are we are talking today about dealerships, car dealers and scams and tricks and tips to avoid those. Yeah. Specifically, I think used car dealers. I, I think we'll focus on used car dealers and uh, and you know, I I do, you know, we both talked about this ahead of time. Right. I think we want to uh, kind of preface all this with saying that you know, this doesn't apply to everybody. Yeah, this is this is something about a few bad apples. This is not in any way meant to disparage or denigrate the professionals around the United States and around the world who are working day in and day out doing a good job of getting people the right car for themselves and their family. Correct. And you know what? I've uh, I'm trying to think. I've, I haven't really had a terrible used car experience myself other than dealing with a, a private individual selling a vehicle. And right. uh, and I, there's a lot of those, you know, that, that fall into the same category. And I think that kind of goes along with this. When we when we talk about used car salesmen and, uh, you know, some of the, the problems and pitfalls and scams mm-hmm. and things like that, mm-hmm. it's not just the guys at the, at the dealer lot. It's also, you know, the people that you find via eBay, the people that you find via Craigslist, mm-hmm. you know, any kind of online auction site. Uh, just, you know, if there's a for sale sign on the side of the road on a car, uh, you could end up dealing with the same type of person. And uh, it really, again, it's just a few, like you said, a few bad apples that really kind of spoil this whole bunch here for everybody. Uh, so so when we talk about this and some of the bad things, because this is the, uh, the the stereotypical used car salesman stuff that we're going to be talking about right. today. Right, and the used car salesman stereotype gets so much flack in film, literature, it does. any media, and we just want to establish before we get into this, because we're gonna we're gonna mention some fairly unscrupulous things, we just wanted to establish 
from the jump that there are excellent car salespeople, sales teams, and they are much more so the rule rather than the exception. Exactly. And that, again, that goes for, you know, car sales teams of the dealership as well as, you know, the individuals. So you can mm-hmm. deal with honest people anywhere, but, uh, you know, a lot of times you're going to be dealing with dishonest people. Um, it's not, you know, that that's the norm or anything, but, uh, you know, because I've bought many used cars. I've mm-hmm. never bought a new car, brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the used cars I've bought, I've, I've never really had more than one or two bad experiences, I think, in the, in that whole time. Yeah. And I think that's probably the norm. I think that, you know, it's just relatively few kind of sprinkled in it, you know, here and there. But those few, of course, the squeaky wheels make sure. the most noise. No. So I wanted to start, if it's okay, with one of the oldest ones. Sure, why not? Okay. The stereotype of untrustworthy used car salespeople mm-hmm. uh, goes back. It goes way, way back, probably about six months after the first <laughs> mass market car came out. <laughs> probably. Um, but the uh, there's a scene that always... Uh, stuck out to me in Grapes of Wrath by uh, John Steinbeck, where wherein um, people during the Great Depression who were formerly farmers and forced out of the Dust Bowl looking for work on the West Coast uh, would pour what money they had into securing transportation to the West Coast. And there are there's a great scene in there with um, just a terrible car salesman, and he's got these junk piece of trash cars and he's doing everything he can to sell them for inflated prices because of course uh these people who are referred to as okies Mm -hmm. in the in the story they have to get out there's nothing for them there and he knows that they won't be around to to come back on him for anything that's that's sold that's maybe not uh, exactly what the bill of goods said it was exactly and so this is where i learned about the one of the older tricks, which was the sawdust trick. Oh yeah, yep, yep. And, and you know what? I think I uh, maybe misquoted myself earlier this week uh, when we were talking about this. I think I had mentioned sawdust in a carburetor, but really the sawdust can be packed into the transmission. Um, the right? transmission, yeah. And uh, you know, so that's that's where you learned about it, right? Yes. Uh, my dad actually had one car that was this, the transmission was packed with sawdust for real. This really happened. Wow. Small town in Indiana. And they took it back to the dealership later after, you know, it, it soon afterwards developed transmission problems, as you can imagine. Uh, but it's just a, it's, what, what's it used for, really? Uh, this is used to kind of keep the car running for a short time and to eliminate noises that are dead giveaways. That's it, yeah. It's, it's to the, shut it up. It's the sound deadening characteristics okay. of, of sawdust and wood chips within the, uh, the transmission. And I think, Oh boy, I've even heard of people doing this inside the engine. I don't know how long that would last. It seems like that's, uh, I don't know if that's a wives tale like or not. Momentarily. It seems best. like it would be really, really quick before yeah. that gave you trouble. But inside a manual transmission, you know, it's, it's meant to quiet things down, but it leads to big, big problems. That's mm-hmm. kind of one of these old, uh, you know, is it a myth? Is it real? It's re- it really happened at one point, I'll tell you, in the mid 1960s, or I'm sorry, late 1960s in a small town in Indiana. I can tell you that. Um, happened to my father. I know that it, it happened occasionally, and, you know, there's a reason for that, that, uh, that myth to be out there, because it did happen. Right. And, uh, but a lot of this stuff we're going to talk about now. Did I say that right? A myth to, it, if it's a myth, it really, did. I don't know. It, there's I'm, a grain of truth to the legend. That's probably the better way to say it. That's what I meant. So, the, uh, so the idea though now is from, from that initial moment, um, when we arrive at modern, car scams or maybe misleading Mm -hmm. things, a lot of it doesn't involve the 
physical car per se. A lot of it involves the ways in which you pay for the car. Oh, yeah. Or the ways in which it is presented to you. But I, I just wanted to start with the most fiendish. The most uh, despicable. Yeah, there we go. It, it was a crime of moral turpitude, Scott. <laughs> it was a bad person thing to do. But... um. But we got this idea when we were um, hanging out off the air with um, our partner in crime, Casey. And this was actually Casey's suggestion. Yeah, former producer Casey. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, he said, you know, hey, have you guys ever done a show on used car salesmen? And we were passing a used car a lot at the time. We said, what a fantastic idea. And we literally dropped one of the uh, topics that we were going to talk about today, which was not a listener suggestion, I don't think. Maybe it was. It became one. It was... um, uh, but it was something that yeah. was better suited for later in the year anyway. So mm-hmm. uh, I said, you know what? I'm going to make a decision here. Let's let's go with uh, used car salesman for today. And that's what we're doing. And, uh, you know, we're talking about some scams and stuff. But I think if 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 you wouldn't mind, I want to back up just for one second. Because yes. I think a lot of people get a picture in their head. When you say used car salesman, a lot of people, they immediately think, of, you know, the guy in the bad plaid suit. Sure, and, bad tie maybe. Uh, exactly, like a bolo tie or something, you know, and uh, real shifty, kind of uh, sweating a lot, you know, very um, shady character, I guess, right? Yeah, kind they, of like rubbing his hands. I know, they have kind of like, um, and, and you know, this is the partly, you know, the media um, and I, when I say media, I mean movies and I mean uh, television. Absolutely. I mean advertising. You know, it's all, they all portray, portray used car dealers in this way. And again, you know, it's just there's a little bit of grain of truth in some of this, you know, because there were days when this was the norm. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that there's still a few out there that are like this. Uh, for the most part, most of them are on the level and, and doing the right thing and selling, you know, decent used cars to people. Um the thing is, they're seen as such a negative character. Um, you know, they, they're, they're seen as somebody who takes advantage of the public. They're somebody who always wants to get one up on the customer and the consumer. Um, they're, they're out to scam everybody. You know, that's the uh, perception is that, you know, they're, they're in business to make a profit, not a friend, really. Right. And, uh, and I understand business is about making money. I totally get that. You know, I don't, I don't fault them for that one bit. But what I'm saying is that people, See it as like uh, to the extreme, I guess. You know, they're just sure. there to simply scam somebody, maybe even close down that lot and move on to the next lot in the next town over, so that you know no one catches on to their game. <laughs> you know that right. that kind of uh, um, stereotype is the one that we're talking about. Um, you know, the, the honest truth is that most of them are, are, you know, honest and they value the reputation in the community. Um, but there's a couple of tools, I guess, maybe that, uh, we can talk about that consumers have access to that, mm-hmm. uh, that maybe would help some of this out a little bit, you know, that, uh, cause, you know, the, the thing is that, you know, as a consumer, you're worried about getting, a good, you're worried about not only getting a good deal, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, primary concern, I guess, but then you're also thinking like, well, I hope this guy doesn't sell me a lemon. I hope he doesn't sell me a flood car. Right. I hope uh, he doesn't sell me something that you know has been uh, you know in a wreck, a serious wreck, and right. covering it up some way. Just had the uh, bondo over it. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a couple of tools that you know that can kind of help keep you salesmen honest. And uh, and one of those things is Carfax. Yeah, uh, which, that's one of the primary. Which things. is a you know vehicle history report, and we've talked about Carfax a mm-hmm. couple times, but Carfax won't completely cover it. It's not. Oh, always enough for a good Carfax. Uh, Carfax is a good starting point. It is, and and you'll find that you know a car that comes up clean on Carfax could have been in a serious accident and just was never reported. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, what Carfax won't show you is any kind of neglect. So if the owner prior to you you know drove it for a hundred thousand miles and didn't change the oil for the last twenty five thousand miles. Um, you know, you're not going to be able to, to 
determine that from the Carfax report. Uh, you're not going to be able to, you know, see if they didn't uh, change the tire, you know, rotate the tires or update the suspension as they should. Or, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to, to determine any of that neglect, any of those neglect issues, mm-hmm. um, you know, without going to physically see the car. So, you know, the Carfax is fine. But what you should also do in addition to that is you should also do something called an auto check, which is a, a competitive company to yeah. Carfax. Carfax yeah. Um, an auto check will add any details uh, that, that, you know, that Carfax may be missing in their report. And it's not to say that Carfax is bad and, you know, our check is better. It's just the two of them combined make for a, for a better um, experience from the used car buyer's perspective. And, um, again, the details that it adds, you know, could be surprising, you know, like, like any kind of collisions or frame damage info or if it was maybe a salvage car, like if it's a flood car. Yeah. Um, sometimes that stuff just doesn't come through on one report and it does on the other. So, I mean, I always recommend using both of those, you know, one, one for, you know, I guess the Carfax and the auto check. A lot of times, if it comes up clean on Carfax, that's the one they're gonna they're gonna put right in your face when you're on the uh, used car dealer lot. Yes. They're gonna say, "Here's the Carfax. Check it out. It's clean." Hmm. And of course, all the info there will be right. It's just not all of the info. Oh, oh, Scott! Before I forget, what? It's time for us to do an ad. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Ben, you ready to pick it back up again? I want to add another tool here. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is maybe more of a process. Mm-hmm. Research, research, research. Know your stuff. You, here's what you need to know. You need to know for sure your credit score or your credit rating because it is it is possible that you will be in there for a negotiation mm-hmm. and they will pull up your credit report and perhaps exaggerate how bad it is Yeah. to... Um, to get get in a position where they pull a good cop and they're like, well, let me see what I can do for you. The bad cop is always going to be the manager, like the sales so, manager. Yeah, who's in another room that you never see, right? Right, but he's going to go. This Oh, don't worry, because this guy's on your side, right? So he's going to go check with the bad cop for you. <laughs> you're, you're reminding me of so many different movie scenes yeah. that I've seen of, of used car dealers. But um, you're, you're so right about research, Ben, that you know if you know your credit score ahead of time and, uh, you know, Go to go to several sites. Get you know your actual credit score. Mm-hmm. Make sure you know what that number is, and then go in and let them check it, and then have them tell you what they think it is, and see if they're being honest with you. And, and that's this is a kind good of, test. It's kind of an honesty test. Yeah, really, yeah. it is. And the reason all this is important, you know, this credit score is important, is because that comes down to the financing. If you're having it, if the car financed, um, they're going to offer you a much higher. Um, interest rate if your credit is poor. If you have good credit, it should be much, much lower. And in fact, you can kind of balance that out. You know, you can check, um, you know, uh, credit unions. You can go to be- different banks. You can shop around for better uh, car loans, um, mm-hmm. you know, for diff- different interest rates. And if they don't offer what you want, just tell them that you're going to get the financing through the bank or through the uh, the credit union or whatever. Um, yeah, be cautious about trying to finance through the dealership. Exactly. And this all kind of comes back down to the price. Now, I mean... This is really the crux of the whole argument is that, you know, it comes down to the car price and you're, you're arguing, you're battling over this price, you're haggling. Do you, do you like to haggle, Ben, for the price? Uh, it depends on what I'm haggling for. I, uh, I just do not like to bargain with anybody for anything. Even if you're like, you know, in, down in Mexico at some market for, you know, a, a blanket or, you know, whatever I'm buying. You're the guy that. who really leaves when he turns around to leave? I, yeah, I'll just leave. Yeah, if it's too much, I just won't buy it. But you know, Scott, I, it's all part of the day. I know, I know it is. It's it. But see, that's the thing. And, and people I don't think realize that automobiles are very, very similar. I mean, and and it's true that you know the the prices are marked up a little bit more, knowing that they gives them a little bit of room of leeway for for bargaining. Sure, and they can say like, well, I can knock it down five hundred dollars for you, sir. When it's really, you know, a thousand dollars more than they really should be charging for that car. You know, the 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 blue book value of it. Um, so there's this little game, this dance, like you say, um, back and forth between the uh, the the buyer and the seller. And I think a lot of people really enjoy 
kind of the the thrill of that that fight that uh, you know that uh, the adrenaline they get from that bargaining process. Right? It's true, yeah. A lot of people do enjoy that. I used to hate this kind of stuff, but I think it's better to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of have to accept it, but it's it's part of it. And especially you know in the United States, most items have a fixed price, and there is not an opportunity to bargain or to haggle. Most items do, yeah, but um, definitely not used cars and definitely not new cars either. And a lot of people don't realize that because that price on the sticker is the manufacturer's suggested retail price. I like that you punched suggested. Yeah, it's suggested. Now, that's from the factory, suggested. That's, you know, the after the dealer add-ons and all the stuff right, that, you know, comes right. in with this. Now, I know a lot of people, you know, the thing is they like to, to feel that they've gotten a deal, a, a steal. So, sure. like, if they're driving off the lot and they felt like they've talked the guy down $1,000 on the price of this car, they're going to feel really good about themselves when they're leaving with that vehicle, right? Even if they could have gotten it $2,000 well, lower. And, yeah, exactly, because then the dealer says, well, at least they didn't talk me down 1500 because I'm still making a thousand dollars more than I thought I would have on that vehicle because right. we had it marked up two grand more than it should have been. So there's this whole cat and mouse back and forth game that goes on, and a lot of people, like you said, you know the the uh, you know that that's the suggested price. That's what people tend to see as like that's a, that's a fixed price. Right. It's it's suggested again. So there's there's bargaining room on that end as well. I guess my my great grandfather was excellent at bargaining bargaining with uh, with. Car salesmen, you, new car dealers, used car dealers, whatever yeah. it happened to be. I never got to see him in action. Um, he was, well, he, he was, was a legend. I was young when he died, uh-huh. but um, yeah, I mean, the, the rest of my family would go with him to the dealership to buy a car because he was the one who would do all the talking, and I uh, really talk him way down. Now, if he was really getting a tremendous deal out of the thing, he was getting a good deal. I'll tell you that because everybody went to him. But sure. um, you know, like let's say it's a brand new Cadillac, and he'd talk him down, you know, six grand on the price or oh. whatever it was. You know, way down. I mean, like you know, heroically low on these prices, yeah. right? And uh, you know, people thought that was fantastic to do it, but the honest truth was the dealer's still making money. Sure, the we have to assume that people are not going to want to sell things at a loss. One one tip that I heard, or a tool that I heard that I agree with to an extent, is this: uh, attempt to pay with cash. If you have if you have cash um, and you can make it a single transaction for a car, you are going to get a much much wait for it much much better deal. And the reason is simply that it gets the vehicle off the lot for the dealer, off their hands, and there's much less risk because they simply don't have to worry about this payment trickling in over time. And it's um, I know it's tough, and it doesn't mean you won't get ripped off automatically if you pay with cash. You still have to jump through all the bargaining hoops. But uh, quite a few of the less scrupulous things that can occur to the modern car buyer involve the financing. Yeah, yeah that's, where, uh, that's where, as it turns out, most dealerships make most of their money from the financing department, you know, this, uh, through financing brand new cars or used cars to, sure. to people that come in to buy through the monthly payments, you know, with these high interest rates. Right. And that's, oh, and that's what I'm just saying. That's where the, the credit score comes in. Yeah. So, like, let's say, let's say you go into a car dealership and you're getting a used car, um, and it's a very, it's a very nice used car, and you say the only payment I can make is 250 a month. Okay. And then they say, you know, your buddy says, hey, uh, no, don't worry. Let me see. Let me check your credit. 
<laughs> oh, it's oh, not so good. Yeah. Okay, I th- I think we can make this work. I don't have a problem with it. I'm fine. Yeah. Let me go check with the sales manager. And they boom, they go off to this the room, and then they they come back and they say, okay, we can do this. And this is true. This is not unscrupulous. They really can legally do this. And they say, we can do this. We can get the price point you want for your payment. But we just have to make your loan terms a bit longer. Yeah. So then you could end up paying um, paying the term of the loan for like 60 months or something. Yeah, yeah. or I've heard as long as 72 months on some of these loans. Now, that'll, that should make most people groan and slap their forehead because um, really – I mean, I, honestly, a lot of people, a lot of uh, you know, money people will say 48 months is probably the longest you should ever finance a, a new car or used car even. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the, the longest car loan that you would ever want to get, a 60-month loan or a 72-month loan. You know, when you're paying $350 or $250 or whatever yeah. it is, um, that really, really adds up. And, and especially if you've got a pretty high interest rate, after 72 months, you're paying a lot of interest on that on that car unnecessarily. And, uh, you know, it's not a typical – I mean, typically – a car is not a fantastic investment in that, you know, it doesn't always gain value. It's not like you're buying, um, usually you're not buying like a, a classic Corvette or something that's, you know, going right. to appreciate in value. It's usually going to depreciate in value. For the, for the first part, for the first few decades. Yeah, but if true. you hold on to it for 50 years. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I know that's not every case. And I know that's kind of a, a, a weak argument to make, you know, that the car is not going to gain in value or anything. But when you really, if you really look at what you're paying over, you know, 60 months or 72 months, Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a long time to hang on to a car. I think most people get a little bit tired of the car they're driving after 60 months, wouldn't you think? I mean, that's a five, that's five years, right? Yeah. Five years yeah. or even six years, mm-hmm. you're going to be tired of driving that car. Now, I've had mine for that long, but I, I, the only reason I'm hanging on to it is because there's no payment. I haven't had a payment for a couple of years now. Right. So, you know, I feel good about hanging on to it. Um, it's just there's so many different things. Now, another thing that, you know, one big thing that, that they'll do is that, they will negotiate the, and we talked about the monthly payment, right? And you right, said how right. much you, how much do you want to pay per month? A lot of them will start with that question. How much do you want to pay per month? Don't answer that question. That is a red flag right there because what you're starting to do, and I think a lot of people won't really consider this, is that you're starting to negotiate the monthly payment versus the cost of the car. Right. And, and if they can sell you on the monthly payment amount, like, you know, if they say, what are you looking to pay each month? And you say, well, I don't want to go over uh, $300. Right. And they'll say, well, $300, let's see what we can do for you. And then they'll come back with that 60-month loan or that 72-month loan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, they're going to make a lot of money on the finance charges. But um, you've got to understand that you're not supposed to negotiate the car price. You're supposed to negotiate uh, – I'm sorry, you're not, I said that backwards. You're not supposed to negotiate the monthly payment. Exactly. The monthly payment, you want to negotiate the overall car price. And then right. work on it from there. And this is not now. This is something I think that could be more confusing necessarily than unscrupulous. Mm-hmm. If I were a car dealer, it would seem it would seem appropriate to me because my main focus is to get the car that you want to buy and the car that I want to sell. Mm-hmm. Make them the same car somehow, and then get you at a place where you can abide and afford it. But not every. You know, not everybody is such a paragon of morality the no. way that I am. No, definitely not. You know what, Ben? Let's just take a break, real, a real quick break. How about that? Sure. Yeah, for an ad, maybe. Yeah. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. 
We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. I feel I, I want to make sure that we don't get in trouble with people who are hardworking sales folks. I would love to hear. I just want to put this call out there, Scott. I would love to hear insider baseball tips from people who worked at dealerships and know about scrupulous or unscrupulous things. And I'm sure that dealers speak with each other and they know if there's a they know if there's a bad one. Oh, absolutely. And they can keep you away from them too. You know, they can, they can, you know, give you good advice about who to go to, who not to go to. Um, I'm, I'm sure, you know, I know for a fact, you know, personal experience, you can find some great used cars, you know, some bargains. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, lots of car for your, for your buck, I guess. Uh, but you just have to be aware of some of these scams and tricks and deceptions of, of the mm-hmm. business, of the seller. And, uh, you know, one place that, that I found, Ben, that, and this is, this is a wealth of information right here. Right. I'll, I'll, I will give you this. Uh, the site 
And uh, I think a lot of people should go to this and check it out because this will give you something to watch out for. The car, the, the site rather is called realcartips.com forward slash scams if you want to go right to that page. But again, it's realcartips.com slash scams. And uh, it's, it's a listing of 112 scams that are sorted by category for uh, car buying, I guess, new and used. Uh, so it's a little bit of both. Um, now, of course, people are being worried about, you know, being ripped off or, you know, when they're buying a used car, they don't want to buy a lemon. They, they have a good reason to to be cautious about this. And it's, and it's just good advice, I guess, to go here and kind of look through this and, and be wary of what's going to happen. Because when you go there and if someone says something that, that triggers something in your mind, like, uh, you know, as soon as they say, like, what are you looking to spend each month? Right. You, you'll know right away, all right, that person's trying to get me to commit to a monthly payment, not telling me the price of the car. So mm-hmm. things like that. And if you, if you know several of these, then you'll know, you'll be a, a much more informed shopper because I'll tell you, used car salesmen, they love ignorant shoppers. They love people that come in and don't really know what they're doing, don't really have any kind of, you know, they're kind of wide Died and uh, and and naive, I guess. Just about walking the whole in thing. with a backpack of money <laughs> and say, "I only have twenty minutes." <laughs> yeah, here I've got all this. Uh, what can you get me? So yeah, the um, let's let's just mention a couple of those. Well, cool? I, yeah, I guess we can do that. I mean, they're 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 sorted by category, uh, mm-hmm. which is really cool. So there's new car buying scams, right? Used car buying scams. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's car leasing scams, even mentioned here. Uh, car financing scams, which I think are a big one, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's trade in scams, which we didn't even talk about. Uh, yeah, so but you. You can get rooked on a trade-in. You can get really rooked on that. Um, you know what? In a moment, at the end of this, I want to mention some of my favorite uh, um, movie used car salesmen and maybe even television used car salesmen. That's great. That's some what, characters. That's what we should end on um, so that people can suggest some. There, there are, I don't know if you have the list in front of you, but there's some uh, sales tactics and tricks that they've got. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about one or two. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. Okay, so the bait and switch. Oh, good one. You're getting uh, your... You're getting a deal that appears to be just perfect. Not only is it the car you want, not only is it the color you want with all the options you want, but guess what, buddy? It's actually several thousand dollars cheaper than you were prepared to pay. And uh, and you solved it with a phone call. You just bought your car online or on the phone. Sure. Right? Uh, you sealed the deal. You All you have to do is do some paperwork, and then you show up to the lot and they say that car has been sold. Just went off the lot, right? But mm-hmm. uh, but we do have this beauty right over here for sale, and it's a real cream puff. Now it's a little more than what you were looking for. Yeah, it was. I uh, was only driven to church, uh, you know, on weekends by a little old lady mm-hmm. during Hurricane Katrina. But uh, <laughs> the Carfax is. Wait, clean. wait, wait. What do you say? <laughs> oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. Just it's... a figure of speech around here. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah. So there's there's so many of these little scams like this. I mean, there's advertising gimmicks. I mean, we just talked about. You know, there's fees and paperwork. All those hidden fees. You know, where they're price packing. Right. Um, And and this one is deceptive also in the payments. That you know, let's say that uh, you know you agree on a certain price and everything's all set and you go in to do the paperwork and they're like, well, you know what? Um, With these fees and everything, we're just going to distribute it over the the term of the loan, which, as you recall, could be as long as sixty or seventy two months, and it's only going to be seventeen dollars more a month. Uh, that's not really a big deal, is it? And you think like, well, seventeen dollars more a month, I can handle that. Sure. You're not thinking seventeen times sixty or seventeen times seventy-two. Right. Um, it really does add up. And then you know, extra, extras and add-ons, and you know, like you know, the undercoating and things like that that they advertise. Um, you know, any other little additional things that they do for you or, or say that they're doing for you, and extended warranties and things that you're paying sure. for that maybe you don't even really realize are, are rolled into the price until. 
that final paperwork, you know, passes in front of you on the and desk. A, and another thing that often brings up, this I'm a little bit divided about, um, where a salesperson will try to depict multiple transactions mm-hmm. of, of a, of a deal as one single transaction, one single deal. So, so there are steps through this. For instance, let's say you already have an older car and you own it outright and you want to trade it in, mm-hmm. right? And, um, that is a separate transaction. Go to different places, comparison shop. The same thing with a loan. If you're getting a loan, go to different places. Don't walk into the same, the single place because mm-hmm. people, places would love to be a one-stop shop because it is much more profitable. Sure. Of course they would. So shop around with every single step of selling your old car, getting financing, buying or leasing your, your new or used car. And that's the way that you're able to keep a very granular eye on your finances because otherwise, oh buddy, they can disappear. Yeah, that's true. And you know what? You mentioned, you mentioned disappearing. And I'm going to quickly shuffle through my notes here and find a story that this is just one example, Ben, of how okay. this is kind of the, uh, people get this impression from the media that I mentioned, right? And I do want to talk about, you know, kind of some humorous, Movie and television, used car salesman in just sure. a moment. But um, this story here that I'm holding in my hand is uh, from, and you can look this up online. You can watch a video clip of this if you want. Uh, there was an investigative reporter here in in the Atlanta area. Uh, his name is Jeff. Uh, I'm going to call him Jeff C. Jeff C. Yeah, Jeff C. And he's an investigative reporter for a local CBS station in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was going to interview the father of this convicted auto dealer who opened up this new shop in Gainesville. Well, it's a shop that he was opening even though he didn't have a license, and I'll tell you why he didn't have a license, because the owner of the place, his name is Richard Wilder, and he was 43 at the time of this, and this is just a year ago maybe. Um, it was He was the owner of a place called Brazelton Used Auto Auto Sales, and he was charged with seven counts of theft by deception and one count of racketeering for depositing customers' tax refund checks into his own account. Ooh. And now let me tell you, this this is the kind of guy that, you know, this is the reports that you hear and, you know, the kind of the, the shady characters that you hear about that give the rest of the group a, a bad name, an overall bad reputation. Um, but following this, you know, the September incident uh, where, um, you know, the, the, he was, I guess, charged with these seven counts, right? He was told by the Georgia Secretary of State that he, he had a cease and desist order, that he was not, you know, any longer able to operate an auto dealership with, you know, without a license. Um, so he, he opens up this new place in Gainesville. And, uh, oh, I should mention that he's also been indicted for odometer fraud, Jeez. forgery, computer theft, and other charges in 2009 and 10. And he also pled guilty to, I'm sorry, he also pled to two felony charges in 2011. So this is, this is a real bad apple. This guy's going wild. However, this is the kind of people that you hear about on the tele, on television and news and, you know, the other types of media. Right. Cause the, uh, the honest, hardworking ones don't make news. So this, so this, uh, investigative reporter goes and he finds the, uh, the well the uh, the uh, the principal owner Richard Wilder wouldn't answer his question so he talks to his father and he's kind of this older guy an old I'm going to say he's an old crotchety guy he's an old mean kind of guy a little right? bit of a curmudgeon and the video clip that I saw opened up with him holding their investigative reporter by the neck with his fist cocked back and saying that it's only and here's his quote it'll only it only costs thirty five bucks to punch this man in the mouth. And so he's saying, like, that's going to be my fine if I do this. But, you know, he was asking if the camera's rolling. And uh, that kind of, that situation, believe it or not, calmed down a bit. And the, the reporter, of course, being an investigative reporter, he follows him around the lot and is asking him questions. Well, you know, the guy's got his back turned. He goes to walk into his uh, into the dealership office, and uh, the, the reporter follows him. 
the guy, the old guy turns around and just punches him right square in the face, knocks him right down on his butt. And, uh, of course, this made national news. You know, I mean, I think it went everywhere. And, of course, you can watch this online. But that's a fantastic example of the way used car dealers are portrayed in the media. And, again, that's one case out of how many used car dealers do you think are here in the Atlanta area? Thousands. thousands. There have got to be thousands. Thousands. They're, they're on every corner. They're everywhere. And, and I mean, really, literally, this is just one bad apple spoiling for the rest of the, the group. I mean, I, I know there's others out there, but for the most part, these are good guys. This is one really bad example, but that's yeah. the one that gets all the media attention. Right, right, because the, the sad stories sell. Here's one I want to talk about. The last one I'll mention, actually, mm-hmm. um, is what I've learned is called curb stoning. Hmm. Now, I had thought of this before. I didn't know there was a specific terminology for it. This is when a car dealer poses as a private individual. Oh. So they don't want this dirty deed done dirt cheap to occur with their dealership's name on it. So they go in as John Smith or whatever, and that way they can get around the FTC rules about selling used cars mm-hmm. from the dealership. And um, to me, that's just as bad and dishonest as title washing which is where you try to remove um, a catastrophic event from a car's record. Oh, boy. So the Bondo cars don't have the accident show up anymore. The sure. flood cars have a different title or something happened, yeah. some salvage of these, title. Some of these guys go, go even as far as to repaint a car. And you may want to ask yourself, you know, that's a good question right there. Why did you need to repaint a car that's only four years old? Yeah, what do you just like paint? Yeah, I mean, so you know, there's a reason behind all this stuff. They're covering up, you know, little bits of rust, or they're covering up bondo, or you know, previous accident damage. Um, it's just there's so many different things, Ben. That's why that list of 112 scams that I mentioned. That's the place to go. That's worthwhile. It really is. And uh, you know, man, I just I wish that used car dealers didn't get such a bad rep uh, because. I, I personally have had so many good experiences with Yeah, with, I don't think they deserve it. I have not had a bad experience. You see, you've never had one. And, you know, I've only had one or two, and it was with a private individual selling. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't with a used car dealer on a lot of any, of any kind. Um, I haven't bought a lot of cars from used car dealer, I mean, from lots rather. Sure. But, um, you know, it's, it's very rare when you come across somebody who's dishonest like that. But again, that's the ones that get the, uh, the, the, the attention, I guess. Well, no stop. one's writing about the good experiences. Right, exactly. Uh, because those are not the squeaking wheels. Mm-hmm. But uh, also, if we're going to be completely honest, a lot of these things that get portrayed as scams mm-hmm. uh, come down to the car buyer not crossing their T's and dotting their I's and paying yeah. attention every step of the way. Yeah, you're not being careful about yeah. it. So, uh, so be an informed buyer, and uh, and you'll do well. You don't really need to worry about anything else, as long as you're informed and you can spot this stuff a mile away. Yeah, we, it looks like we got to get out of here, buddy. Do you want to uh, do the list? Let's I, do the list. Let's it, end on it. Do you want to? How yeah. about I do it super fast because we've been promising it, and then uh, and then we'll just wrap it up with that. How about right that? On. Okay, yeah. so a couple of uh, used car salesmen in, uh, I'm going to mention television first. Okay. Um, well, there's uh, Patricia Heaton as Frankie Heck in the middle. I don't know if you watch that or not. She works at uh, um, Ellert Motors. There's Bob on The Simpsons who is, oh, uh, great. You, do you remember that? The uh, yeah. Bob's RV roundup guy? Uh-huh. Love that scene. That's, uh, that's maybe one of my favorite ones, really. Um, Patrick Warburton um, as David Putty on Seinfeld. You remember oh, he was yeah, a used yeah. car dealer as well. 
and or a new car dealer. I think maybe a Saab dealer. That's why they were there. Uh, is that and the high five guy? That is the high five guy. Yeah, yeah I um, that Lane's boyfriend. But anyways, um, let's get on to some movies because there's just a few I want to mention here, and I think people are going to like these scenes. Uh, Jeremy Piven as Don Reddy in uh, The Goods, Live Hard, Sell Hard. That's not one for the kids, by the way. That's a... Uh, that's an R plus movie. I'll tell you that. Just watching the uh, watching the preview. Um, Milton Berle as Mad uh, Madman Mooney in the Muppet movie, going uh, way back. He offered a twelve dollar trade in for all used cars. By the way, Ben. Oh, good. That's twelve quality. twelve dollar trade in. All right, and then maybe maybe one of my favorites, and I think he's a new car dealer. Uh, William H Macy as Jerry Lundergaard in uh, in Fargo. You remember that whole scene? Yeah, with, uh, yeah. I mean, of course, there's a lot with him, uh, main character, but this is whole scene. Uh, that was reminiscent of what you were talking about with I'll go talk to my manager uh, with the true coat um, as he mentions to one of his customers he's, he's, he's going to sell it to him for $500 when he arrived it was a bait and switch yeah um, he said you know we've got the car but it's got this true coat I'm going to have to charge you 500 bucks for it I'll go talk to my manager you know there's an so argument he comes back and you know he just went in there and asked him about the game on the weekend or something he came back and said well he's never done this before but he's willing to knock 100 bucks off of it and the guy's like you're a liar but Give me my checkbook. Let's just get this over with. Yeah. So, you know, it's true. That happens. Um, Robin Williams in the Cadillac Man as Kurt Russell in Used Cars. Oh, Eugene Levy as Ed in National Lampoon's Vacation, which I, I love that scene. Um, I, you know, that's, let's just end it at that. I don't want to go on any Oh, let's end it this way. We hope that we have not offended any of the hardworking sales folks out there. Uh, we actually would like your help. If you know of some unscrupulous tactics that perhaps less ethical competitors have engaged in, in the past, or if you're a car buyer who's run into the same thing, uh, let us know. You can find us on Facebook. Drop a line on Twitter and tell us your favorite uh, TV or film uh, used car salesman. Yeah, I didn't get to my whole list, but that's all right. We'll, uh, we'll get to it. And all those clips, by the way, if you watch clips of any of that stuff, it's hilarious. So, And you can send us your list directly. Our email address is carstuff at discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.